Hello and welcome once again to our midweek podcast. We're going to be thinking this day about the second part of Psalm 37. Last week we're thinking in part one of God versus man, good versus evil, in the first 11 verses. And so we want to continue this theme in verses 12 to 40. Last we saw the advice in verses 1 to 11 of don't fret because evil men or circumstances their day will be coming with, they will be dealt with. We read those verses. <coughs> do not be fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like the green plants, they will soon die away. We thought then about uh, the fact that we are to trust in the Lord, to delight in him, to uh, commit our way to him and the blessings that will come from waiting in his presence and being still before him, that God will give us the victory. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. He will give uh, victory to us. We're not to be angry. We're not to take action ourselves. We're to leave God dealing with all these matters of evil people and wrong and sin in the world to God, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. So we're called to look to God, to trust in him, that God will deal with evil, deal with wrong, and he will give us the victory when we trust in him. So this, we're going to turn now shortly to read verses 12 to 40, just to remind ourselves about these facts of God versus man, good versus evil. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Better little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster they will not wither. In days of famine they will enjoy plenty. But the Lord will perish. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields. They will vanish. They will vanish like the f- smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay. But the righteous give generously. Those who the Lord blesses will inherit the land. But those he curses will be cut off. If the Lord delights in a man's way. He makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never forsaken the righteous or their children begging bread. (coughs) They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and he will not forsake his enemy, faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous man utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks what is just. The law of his God is in his hand. His feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, seeking their very lives. But the Lord will not leave them in their power, or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. You have seen a wicked and ruthless man 
flourishing like a green tree in its native soil, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. As we turn to the God's word, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your holy and eternal word. We thank you for all the many things it teaches us about how we can be righteous and be blessed of you and how you will punish those who are wicked and plot evil. So Father, we ask you to help us this day as we study this passage to glean the important truths you would have us uh, learn from it. In Jesus' name, Amen. In the first verses 12 to 20, we have this theme in these verses, the Lord understands your situation. Sometimes we think God doesn't understand our situation. But God understands everything because he has perfect knowledge of everything. After all, you have to remember, God knows us because he made us and he's present with us everywhere. We are to realise that God knows everything, every single thing about us. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem in and behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So there we have those verses from Psalm 103. Clearly remind us that God knows absolutely everything. So therefore if he knows us because he's made us, he's created us, and he knows us from our inside right out. He knows every part of our being, or every thoughts, or every actions. He sees all, knows all. So therefore he will understand every situation because God is in that situation as well. He is at the beginning of a situation, he's in the middle of it, and he's at the end of it. So he's in the middle He's at the end, he's at the beginning of our lives. That's the picture which was painted in verses 1 to 11, where we were told not to fear, as God understands the situation. And as I say, he knows all about it. Verse 12, we read, The wicked plot against the righteous, and gnash it teeth them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. In verse 7, we had read, Be still, before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when evil men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. In verse 32 we read that the wicked lie and wait for the righteous, seeking their lives, but the Lord will not leave them in their power, nor let them be condemned when brought to trial. Verse 34 says, wait for the Lord and keep his way. So we are to know that God understands every situation. No matter how these wicked and evil people behave, and all their plots, their swords will pierce their own hearts, we're told. In verse 15, the power of the wicked will be broken. Yes, God will deal with them. So God will uphold the righteous. So we say, how would that possibly be so? When I'm going through this terrible situation at the minute in time, all the suffering going through, 
I'm suffering from my faith. Every sort of trial and testing is coming upon me at this time. How can I know that God understands my situation? God knows how to deal with it. But we do know, it says in verse 16, better little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. So it's better to have little as it were, and same as in worldly terms, rather than have the wealth on, of the evil character of the wicked. The power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. God will uphold us in our midst of our trials. All will be bro- destroyed by God. Remember how James and Peter both said we were to rejoice when our faith has been tried because it will make us more dependent, it will deepen our faith. We have a God who provides for us in the middle of every situation, not only understands but provides. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall want. He makes me to lie down green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and leads in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So those who trust in God, God will be with them. He will destroy the power of wicked and evil people. Remember the Beatitudes that the meek will inherit the earth. We have heard often in these verses that I've read so far about inheritance, inheriting something. We will be blessed by God. We will inherit something great this time. God's presence with us and God's strength. But one day we will inherit an eternal inheritance where no sin, no evil, no wrong will be. But for the present in time, as we go through life situations, know God understands the situation. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 16 says, Better little uh, with fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. This reflects what's being said in verse 17. So we are better to know God and trust in him than be living in turmoil. Verse Proverbs um, 16 verse 18 is better a little uh, with righteousness than much gain and injustice. So wrongdoing, gaining much in this world's material things is wrong in comparison to having a little righteousness, a faith or trust in God. We're told in verse 18 that we're to know God. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord and their inheritance will endure forever. God has an inheritance forever for us one day in heaven. But the blameless are known to the Lord. We are known to God, as I said already, because he's made us, he's created us. So therefore God cares for us. He knows all that's going on and he will deal with it in his own perfect timing and perfect way. Psalm 31 said, I will be glad and rejoice in your love for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. God knows the anguish you're going through. He understands the situation we're going through and he will deal with them and he will bring us through them. Verse 18 looks uh, beyond this life. It looks to heaven one day. Their inheritance will endure forever. An inheritance is something we gain on the death of someone. But we have an inheritance now when we trust in God and trust in Christ of eternal life. And one day on our death or when Christ returns, it will be eternal. It will endure forever. That place, that blessing that God has for us is preserved and kept for us. And we will inherit in all its fullness forever one day. Revelation 21 says that doesn't about the new heaven and new earth where all sin and sorrow and all that's wrong will be done away, will be perfection one day where God reigns in heaven. 
And we're reminded about that again in verses 27 and 29 of our psalm today. It says, Turn from evil and do good. You will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his faithful ones. There's the great promise. If we turn from sin and turn to God and do what's God's will, do good, in other words, live a life that's pleasing to God, we will dwell in the land. It was a promise to the people of Israel, but it's a promise to us, not only of a temporary place, but more importantly, of an eternal place. He loves the just. In other words, he loves those who are trusting in him and he won't forsake his faithful ones. God has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. No matter what situation we're going through, God will be with us. Then the second thing we pick up from these verses, uh, from verse 21 to verse 31, is that the Lord desires to bless us. Every day he desires to bless us. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Praise those who the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be cut off. There again is that mention of inheriting the land, those whom God will bless, the blessing of an eternal inheritance, of God's presence with us here in this earth, and those he curses will be cut off. Those who have condemned themselves by their sin, whom God uh, will punish one day. So it's good to know that God is with us to give us his protection for each and every day, as well as providing for our every needs. God is going to be with us and help us through everything. If a man delights, if, a, if the Lord delights in man's ways, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. God delights in our ways. When we walk in God's way, he delights it. He makes our steps firm. He says, even though we're walking along, we do stumble and we may feel as if we're going to fall. God will pick us up again. He'll uphold us with his hand, it says. So God is there to give us his protection, his guidance. When we do stumble, as we can do in the Christian life, God is there to help us and pick us up and make us start all over again. That's the great and wonderful thing that he promises us. Remember uh, that we read about that in Psalm 23. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God has a great banquet in heaven one day for us. Even now in the presence of our enemies, God will bless us with his presence. Psalm 27 said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and foes, came upon me, and though a host arise against me, they will stumble and fall. So there God's presence is. That enemies will fall before him and before us. God will defeat them because God's hand of protection is upon us. Particularly when we are attacked spiritually, attacked for our faith, the one who is within us is greater than the one who is in the world. The devil is in the world, the great enemy. But God's protection is upon us because his presence lives in our lives when we are trusting in him. Jude said, to him who is able to keep you from falling, to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ before all ages, now and forevermore. God's desire is to protect us and to present us one day in his presence. That's Christ's desire for us, to be presented perfect before God where we can give honour and glory to him one day. So it's great to know that we have a God who understands our situations, a God who desires to bless us, 
bless us with providing for our needs for every day, a God who blesses us with his protection, and a God who blesses us above all with his presence. Here's David in verse 25, speaking as an old man now, who had been through many experiences of life, many joys and sorrows, ups and downs. He had many battles, not against, against the enemies, but in his own household. David had been through an awful lot. Yes, he'd stumbled and fell and sinned, but yet he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man whom God had promised his kingdom would last forever. His ancestry, his descendants would be forever. And that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So God, David knew God's presence. I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging bread. He said God provided their children begging bread. God provided, he experienced that in life. The righteous forsaken, God never left those who trust in him. Yes, as I said, David fell and sinned and wrong. But yet he repented, he turned around and he experienced God's blessing upon his life. He tried uh, to live a life that was pleasing to God. So God is there, present with us. He desires to bless us with his presence each and every day. We are told to wait for the Lord, verse 34, and keep his way. As we wait in God's presence each day, and we will be able to keep his way, but we're to wait, we're to know God's presence with us each and every day. It's so important. But we're to know God's presence with us through his word. Psalm 119 says, Your word have I hid within my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what the psalmist said. He had God's word and the promise of God's word in his heart and therefore that enabled him not to sin against God. And Later on in Psalm 119 it says, how do a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? So if we have God's presence living in our lives, his word dwelling in our lives, then we can know real blessing from God. The young, the man talked about in Psalm uh, 1, righteous man, the one who does not walk in the counsel of wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scornfuls. His delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. When we are walking in God's presence, not in the, in the counsel of the wicked, when we're, st- we're standing in God's presence, not the way of sinners, when we're seated in God's presence, not the seat of the mockers, when we delight in God's word, when we use it every day and dwell upon his teachings and think upon them and apply them to our lives, we're like a fruitful tree, planted by the water. It yields its season, its fruit in season. So we have this great promise. If we trust in God, then he will be with us and he will bless us in every way. But we read in verses 32 to 40 how God is going to punish the wicked. Yes, God is a God of justice. God will deal with those. He is a fair, he's a just judge. In Israel, the judges were known to be corrupt. They were liable to be bribed and therefore the person who was really innocent was declared guilty and those who were guilty who perpetrated the crime were let let off and got, got free. They were corrupt judges. But God is not a corrupt judge. He's not a biased judge. He doesn't lean to one side or the other. He does fairly in accordance with his holiness and our sin. 
So God will deal with, as I said already, those who are wicked. I've been referred to several times already. But we read here in verse 28, uh, but the wicked will be cut off. It goes on to speak about those who do not fear God, that they will be condemned. The Lord will not leave them in their power nor let them be condemned when they are brought to trial. Uh, when the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen the wicked and a ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in his native soil, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Yes, the green tree, that means it's flourishing. And for a time, the wicked seem to flourish and do well. But God's word and God says, because he's a fair and just judge, that he will deal with them. He will deal with them just as a, a tree withers and perishes and dies away. And there's no evidence of his existence. So God in his judgment will be the same. A fair and just judge, like a tree which perishes when it does not receive the proper moisture. So the wicked will be the same. They will perish one day. No matter how well they've succeeded, it will come to nothing one day. Remember how earlier that in the first verses he had spoken about the wicked, like the grass, they soon wither, the green plants, they will soon die away. They have their day, but God has the ultimate say in the ultimate day when he steps into this world in judgment and deals all sin, wickedness and evil. That's God's promise one day. And then he goes on to say in verse 37, Consider the blameless, observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace. Those who are blameless and those who are upright, those who are at peace with God, they are blessed. Look at them. Look at their lives and how God has blessed them with his presence and with his peace. But he goes on to say in verse 38, the alternative, all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. Now we have to be fair and say, wicked means anybody who's sinful. The heart, we're told in the, in the Bible, is deceitful and full of wickedness. And God looks at all of us and we have to say he looks at us as wicked, as sinners. Another word for sinners. Remember in Romans, he talked about us being his enemies, God's enemies. So when sin is in our lives, you may say, how could that be? I'm not wicked. I don't do terrible things. But God looks at sin in different ways when we look at sin. He doesn't categorise sin, big sins, little sins, white lies and black lies. He looks at everything in our lives from the inside right out because he understands our situation and he understands us. He knows we are like. So therefore, we are called to be blameless. We are called to be upright. We are called to be people of peace. We are called to be the righteous those who are living a right, godly and upright lives. Because he does promise that the salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. Our salvation comes from God. We are made right with God by what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. And so therefore, it's when we are trusting in Christ, it's no longer God against us. It's no longer sin separating us from God. We are righteous, made right with God through Christ. And God is our stronghold in time of trouble. God is there with us to help us when we're going through our very difficult times as well. 
He provides our salvation. He provides our protection. He provides his presence to us. He provides so many great things to us. And we've always provided Jesus Christ. But so often the Psalms speak about God being our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is there to help us and to be our stronghold, our refuge, the place we can go for safety and security in life. The Lord helps them and delivers them. That's those who are righteous, those who are trusting God. He helps them. He upholds us with his righteous right hand. He tells us not to fear, not to fret. He told us earlier in the psalm to commit our way to him, to trust in him, to delight in him, to wait upon him. So when we do all that, God helps and he delivers us. You may say, but how would he deliver us? I'm going through a terrible time. I can't see delivery. But God does deliver us. He gives us strength to come through those difficult times and those trying times. And he delivers us. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them. Even the attacks of the enemy, unseen, the attacks of the devil, the attacks that come upon us by other people when we're trying to live the Christian life, God delivers us from them all. He provides a way around them and through them and out of them. And why? Because they take refuge in Because We take refuge in God, turn and trust in him in our difficult times, our trials and tribulations, then God will deliver us. When we go to him for safety and security, then God will be with us. And that's a wonderful thing that we must do. We must trust in God. We must be those who are right with God. We are finding our safety and security, our eternal salvation in God. Because you know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14, there's a way that seems uh, good to a man, but the end, it leads to destruction. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways and the good man will be rewarded for his faithfulness. So therefore, God tells us that, yes, there's two ways. A way that seems right to mankind, but it's not. It only leads to death, destruction and separation. Jesus spoke about it as the broad road, many people walking on it, and it leads to destruction. But there's also the Faithless, it says, will be fully repaid for their ways, but the good man will be rewarded for his. For walking in God's ways, we will be rewarded an eternal reward, an eternal inheritance. In Proverbs 16 25, the same sentiment is, is expressed. And again in 24, uh, verse 20 of Proverbs, for the evil man has no future hope, but the light but the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out the lamp of the wicked says will be snuffed out in Psalm 34 7 it's spoken about being like the green tree in the soil not flourishing any longer and passing away he spoke about the wicked being the grass and withers like the green plants that die away so he's here in Proverbs the writer of Proverbs says the wicked the lamp will be snuffed out. It will be blown out like the candle is blowing out. And the evil man has no future hope. We have no hope if we are without Christ. If we live in our sin, we have no eternal hope, but eternal separation. Christ has delivered us from eternal judgment. He has provided for our salvation. And he delivers us from sin, from all that is wrong. He will save us when we come to him, take refuge in him as our Saviour and Lord.
So as we come to the end of these thoughts on the Psalm 37 today, uh, are you living ready for the final judgment? Remember the fate in the Psalm of the wicked. They'll be snuffed out. They will be destroyed. They'll be punished. They will go to the judgment of condemnation and separation from God forever. But God, who sees us as we are, sees we are sinners. But when we turn to Christ, we are sinners saved by grace. We are assured of God's salvation. So we need to turn to this psalm to find in these psalm great promises, the promises of eternal life and eternal inheritance. In verse 9, we read, The wicked uh, will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. When we trust in God, we will receive an eternal inheritance. In verse 11, he said, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. We will know God's peace. We are an inheritance of the kingdom of heaven one day. Verse 18 again, he says, The days of the blameless are known to the Lord and their inheritance will endure forever. As I said earlier, an eternal inheritance because God knows us and he knows those who are blameless in his sight, that is, those who have had their sin forgiven, will know that an eternal inheritance. Again, in verse 27, Turn from evil and do good, and you will dwell in the land forever. God says when we turn away from our sin and seek to walk in his ways, then he will bless us with an eternal inheritance, an eternal place in heaven one day. In verse 37, he says, We will know peace. The future, consider that blameless, observe the upright, there's a future for the man of peace. The person who is at peace with God will know the assurance of God's blessing. As we wait for the Lord and keep his ways, verse 34 says, he exalts you in heaven. He will lift us up one day to go and dwell with him and the eternal inheritance in heaven that God promised us. So today and last week we've seen how there's God and there's man Man was a sin separated from God, and the two are against each other. What we see here in this verse, in these verses, good, those who follow God, who follow Christ, and even those who rebel and don't follow God's ways. We see what those who trust in God, those who are righteous, those who follow God's ways, what they will have, the blessings they will have now in this life, in the trials and situations and troubles of this life, the ups and downs, the joys and sorrows. But I also see here the blessings, the eternal inheritance that we have been assured of, reserved for us and given to us finally, fully and completely one day. We've been looking at Psalm 37 and recently we were looking in church at our services in uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 21. The two do link in with each other. I do ask you to take time, read Psalm 37. See all the points where there's a wicked and the good, God rewarding the good and punishing evil. Look at, at Romans chapter 5 and see there what we have when we trust in Christ, what we were like when we followed Adam and his ways and what we can be and what we have when we trust in Christ and follow Christ. I say those two passages both link in together. Take them, look at them and consider them prayerfully and carefully 
and see what they apply to your life. Where do you stand in relationship to God in Jesus Christ? Are you justified and acquitted, freed from your sin? Do you know peace with God? Are you looking forward to an eternal inheritance? Have you you the hope of glory because of the great uh, once for all sacrifice and death of Christ on the cross, his victory over sin and death? Or are you still uh, in Adam, as I said last week, following the ways of this world and the standards of this world, the ways of the world? Yes, you may say I'm living a good, godly and upright life, but that is not sufficient. We are to come and to trust in Christ and to follow him, to be made right with God, so that we can truly be called the righteous. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we give you thanks for your holy and eternal word. We thank you that throughout its pages we find the gospel. Even here in Psalm 37, we find the gospel. A God who loves us, a God who desires to delight in him, trust in him, wait in him, and commit our way to him and our lives to him. That we are known as the righteous and that he promises reward now and in eternity to those who live a life in right relationship to him. Whatever is in this life, Father, we don't need to fret or fear about it because you are present with us, you are in control, you take care of us and you are in charge. Lord, we also remind that we live in a sinful world. We see all the sin, even wickedness, sinfulness and suffering and wrongdoing that is going on in the world around us. So help us, Heavenly Father, to be those who are walking your ways trusting in you each and every day, knowing what we shall receive, but remembering that you are not only the God who loves us and cares for us, who has provided for our salvation, but you are the God who is holy, who hates sin, not the sinner, and that you desire us to be living a right, godly, upright life. But you have promised that you will come as judge to deal with those who rebel against you, sin, and who continue to disobey you, that they will be going to an eternal separation destruction. But if we trust in you, Father, we thank you that we will go to have an eternal inheritance with you. So, Father, in the light of Scripture, in this psalm, help us to see the Gospel. And as we read Romans chapter 5, to see there what you've done for us and what we can enjoy. In Jesus' name. Amen.